Welcome to AEA Streamline, a podcast by the Association of Environmental Authorities. AEA is a New Jersey trade association for local, regional, and state-level government agencies that deliver water, sewer, and solid waste services. This podcast is an on-the-go version of AEA's checking calls. It can trace its roots back to Superstorm Sandy and our daily conference calls back then. During the pandemic, when our members needed urgent information once more, we moved to Zoom. Now, our monthly podcast, Streamline, connects you to AEA on your own time. This podcast has something for anyone who works in an AEA member utility. Let's get started. In December, we held a single check-in on the 13th. This episode of AEA Streamline will cover what we discussed at that check-in. Plus, we have some other news to share, stuff that's happened since then. As we did on that earlier check-in, I want to start here with a shout-out to everyone who made the November AEA Conference in Atlantic City a success. That includes our sponsors, AEA staff, speakers, volunteers, and, of course, conference attendees. Thank you, everyone. We moved on to an important topic. As many of you know, the NJDEP has kicked off a rulemaking to amend water and wastewater licensing regulations. This involves N licenses, which are industrial wastewater treatment licenses, C licenses, which are for collection, wastewater collection, S licenses, public wastewater treatment system licenses, W licenses for public water distribution, and T licenses for public water treatment. Many people would say that this rulemaking is long overdue. There were amendments made to the rules in 2002 and 2008. Then there were some amendments relating to COVID in 2020, but by and large, these rules have been unchanged for a long time. Last year, the NJDEP readopted the rules without changing them. But at the time, it said that they were readopting them because they were about to expire. And they promised that they would soon initiate a rulemaking process. That's what's happening now. On the 11th of December, the DEP held what it called a focus group meeting. It was online on Teams. About 40 people were invited, maybe 25 or 30 participated. The DEP team at the meeting said there are going to be a series of meetings, and it appears that they plan to invite different sets of people to each of these meetings. At the first meeting, they asked for feedback about the terms direct responsible charge and operating experience. I was surprised at the degree of agreement. Many people felt that the two definitions need to be revised. There was a lot of agreement also that it takes too long to qualify to sit for S3 and S4 exams. Many comments focused on the difference between being experienced as an operator versus being a person who supervises others. There is a distinction, people at the meeting said, between operating experience and managerial experience. AEA is grateful the DEP has begun this process. At the meeting, I urge them to keep up the pace of the rulemaking. It's happening at a time of real crisis, as we all know. Finding licensed operators is really tough, particularly S3 and 4 licenses. We are hoping that the new rule will address the shortage and at the same time 
ensure we still get well-qualified operators. The NJDEP says it welcomes email input from anyone who's concerned. So if you want to email that team, you can look for the email address information at the same place where we have posted the link to this podcast. Moving on, November, December, and January is WAVE Awards season. Awards programs are really valuable. Awards motivate people. They increase our industry's credibility, and they help create a culture of innovation and success. So this is the time of year to nominate yourself, your organization, one of your commissioners, one of your consultants, or perhaps an individual who has done excellent work. There are many categories of WAVE awards, outstanding commissioner, individual achievement, outstanding associate member, best management practices, energy savers, forward thinking. There's an up and comer award, which is a newer award. It recognizes someone who's become more involved in AEA recently and has helped to move the association forward or make a significant contribution to the association. And of course, we also have a life member recognition for those folks who have given AEA long years of service. There's more WAVE Award info at aeanj.org. You'll find nomination forms there too, and they're pretty easy to complete. The deadline for nominations is January 26th. And please email me or email Karen if you need help. There's been news regarding the regulation of dissolved oxygen in the Delaware River. The EPA has proposed a new dissolved oxygen standard for a 38-mile stretch of the Delaware River from Camden County to Wilmington. I believe this is going to impact a number of AEA members, including Camden County MUA. We are now in a 60-day comment period for the rule, which was published on December 13th, and public hearings are scheduled for February 6th and February 7th. 2024 will be a year of major developments relating to PFAS regulation. The EPA says final PFAS drinking water regulations are coming out in January. The proposed regulations will set legally enforceable drinking water standards, and they will require public systems to monitor for PFAS chemicals. The proposed rules sets a limit of four parts per trillion for PFOS and PFOA. The EPA says it's regulating them at the lowest reliably measurable level because they are likely carcinogens. The EPA also calls for limiting four other PFAS chemicals, PFHXS, GenX chemicals, PFNA, and PFBS, and they're regulating those using a combined hazard index. These regulations go beyond drinking water in their impact, and they have implications for wastewater and solid waste utilities as well. In March, EPA says it will finalize its designation of PFOA and PFOS as hazardous substances under a law called the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act that is also known as the Superfund. Landfill operators, composters, recyclers, and water treatment plant operators say that they are passive receivers of PFAS materials and they want CERCLA, or the Superfund law, that liability, to focus on industries that are actually responsible for creating the pollution. 
But unfortunately, the EPA appears to be moving forward with the hazardous classification. A bill introduced in Congress in May aims to protect water and wastewater utilities from liability claims for costs and damages from PFAS-related releases by way of an exemption. AEA members wrote letters to congressional representatives urging them to support the bill. So far, unfortunately, it has not moved. Other documents the EPA says it plans to release. A progress report on the PFAS strategic roadmap, and that's where they'll discuss how they're doing with regard to certain milestones in the report. Updated guidance on how to destroy or dispose of PFAS-containing material is another document that's coming. The agency's interim guidance document describes the available science behind the options of landfilling, deep well injection, and thermal treatment. I believe the EPA is also acknowledging that there is still a lot to learn about the environmental impacts of these options. Finally, we are watching the current lame duck session of the New Jersey legislature very carefully. One bit of good news on that front is that a bill that AEA has supported and that will help protect sewer systems against clogs caused by non-flushable wipes just passed the Senate. We thank Senator Gordon Johnson and Senator Joe Cryan for their work on this bill. Senator Cryan, as many of you know, is the executive director of the Middlesex County Utilities Authority. His bill would require non-flushable disposable wipes to be clearly labeled as such and would prohibit the sale or distribution of these products without stringent do not flush labeling. The bill was passed by the Senate by a vote of 34 to zero. It's on the assembly board list for a couple of days after I'm recording this. I think it's December 21st. So hopefully this bill will be on Governor Murphy's desk soon. We're also watching a bill that would disadvantage our members who purchase drinking water wholesale. The bill establishes a resiliency and environmental system investment charge program. It allows investor-owned utilities basically to dock the well-established rate-making process and get a shortcut to raising customer bills. It's an anti-consumer and anti-ratepayer bill, and it weakens the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. This is a bill that the League of Municipalities initially supported, but when the true implications of the bill became clear, they changed their position. Like AEA, they now oppose it. We hope our positions are being given careful consideration. And now we've come to the end of our first episode. I hope you had a happy Hanukkah. I wish you Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy New Year. Our next episode will be posted in late January. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to AEA Streamline. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We'll see you next month.